What's good, Bracago? What the DOV? This is Khalif Adams here in full effect, rocking with y'all. Episode 337 of the Spawn Me podcast, the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry. I hope that you're all doing well. I hope that you are all feeling good. I hope that everything is good in your spaces. I hope that you are feeling um and emoting and giving each other love and giving each other um space to feel things in the way that you want to and need to um i know that things right now are very very difficult i know that things are go all over the place in lots of different ways um i know that today is a very special day we get a chance to be super super black with some of the dopest folks in the industry because I know that we all have thoughts about what we are seeing, hearing, and feeling in the world today. So I am super excited to rock with the dopest black panel here on Twitch with y'all today. I have rock with me Zombie Kills, Paris Lily, Blessing Adioye Jr., Pico Chulita, and Cameron Hawkins. What the deal be everybody tonight? How are you all doing? Great. Uh, that was a terrible way to up tell to everyone point, to talk at the same depressed. time. <laughs> up to this point, I, like, I don't depressed, know if that's but... a good question to ask right now because I don't yeah. think everybody's like, good, yeah. Well, let, me, let me do it this way. Let me go around the circle and, and do it that way because so, that was a terrible way to intro a whole show with five people on it. Um, Zabe, how are you? how is everything right now? How are you feeling? How are you um, kind of dealing right now with everything that's happening of late? I'm a black mom, so I'm scared. <laughs> I'm yeah. scared for my son. I'm the mother of a black son. Uh, I have three black children. I am very at this point right now. It's more like my life. I, I I've been through it. You know, with the police. You, if you know me, you know I'm a prison reform activist. I'm pretty big about it. But like, I'm worried about my children. Mm. I'm worried about everyone's children. I'm worried about all brown children. All all brown people right now. Mm. It's depressing. It's scary. Mm. Uh, it's more fear for me than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paris, how, how are you doing? How, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, I'm frustrated and I, I, I co-sign everything that she just said. You know, I, I am a black man in America. I am a black father with a black son and I have two black daughters. And from Amy Cooper all the way down to what we're experiencing right now with, with Mr. Floyd, it's scary, man. I mean, it's that's just there's no other way to put it. It is scary to be black in this country today, period, point blank. And I'm not so much worried about myself. Like I said, I'm worried about my kids and especially my son, because as we saw with Amy Cooper, he is a threat. That is how he is viewed. And that that bothers me that it doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. It doesn't matter what you do in this world you are instantly judged in the United States of America by your skin tone, period, point blank. And you would think at this point in time in in 2020, we would be beyond that somewhat. But we aren't. I mean, everything that my parents fought for and my grandparents fought for to get civil rights in the 1960s still doesn't matter mm. that that's where I am today. Mm. Plus, how are you feeling? Overall, I'm, I'm doing all right, but yeah, to, to, to echo uh, Zombie Kills in Paris, like it's been it's been an interesting time, right? Especially like in the midst of a pandemic, right? There have been like quite a there's there's been a lot of having to figure out ways to cope and ways to kind of go forward with quite a few things going on. I know I've been really stressed lately mm. uh, with everything going on today. Today was one of those days where 
I woke up, looked at my phone, and got very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that, like George Floyd isn't necessarily a new story in the right. grand scope of things. Like we've 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 had these stories over and over and, and over again. Uh, and it's been one of those things where I look at. I look at the other stories we've gotten over the years and at a certain point I had to like kind of tune myself out because I remember getting upset and I remember getting depressed and I remember like feeling ways that I didn't want to feel in the moment, seeing reading stories about these shootings, seeing people suffer, seeing people upset. Um, And yeah, this morning was one of those mornings where I kind of, I kind of allowed myself to feel again uh, in terms of what that was in terms of the George, the George Floyd, uh, uh, like the situation around him. This morning was definitely one of the first times again where I was like, "All right, like, man, this is this isn't okay. Like, this is this is not a this is not a thing that it, that is okay." Um, and so yeah, like, w- within the context of that, like, it's not it's not been a great day by, by any means, of course. Um, that said, I think you know, for me personally, I've been trying to find ways to kind of cheer myself up and feel more upbeat. Um, and so yeah, there you go. Yeah, Pika, how how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Today has been a pretty rough day for me. Um, I it was crazy because it it seems like every day it's kind of it's been something new. It's been, you know, it it already started off kind of when all this stuff kind of happened. It was already bad. But then just progressively each day things have gotten, you know, more critical, more serious. And um it's exhausting it's it's tiring even just within yourself and also thinking about other people you know last night i literally thought about you know the stuff that like zombie said like i can only imagine i don't have any children yet but i can only imagine what it feels like to be raising a a black child right now you know i've got friends of mine who are expecting or you know i've got nephews and things like that and it just is i mean i i not only fear for like obviously the safety of adults but also like bringing and rearing children you know during this time like how scary that that must must be on top of all the other things that we have to worry about like um i think it was uh bless said you know we're still in the middle of a pandemic you know it's Mm -hmm. like that's still happening on top of all this that just kind of adds you know fuel to the fire but i think the and this and it happens every single time i mean it's not it's literally like clockwork. It's not new, but it's bad enough that these things happen, but it's even worse because you not only have to deal with the actual situation, you have to deal with everything else that comes along with it and people being just absolutely terrible. And it seems like a lot of us end up getting a sort of experience where we have somebody that we once admired or liked or were friends with who says something that is extremely problematic, insensitive, whatever else. And here we are, like, I feel like every single time I've, I've done a pretty good job at cultivating my sort of like social media, both audience as well as the people that I interact with to reflect you know, to where I don't have to really worry about that. But at some, at some point or another, I end up unfriending, unfollowing, or blocking somebody. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's good for my mental health. But at the same time, you know, I'm the type of person that just knowing that these sorts of people or 
opinions or whatever else exists is just it's it's very frustrating um and it's it hurts it it really kind of I I feel like I do so much to try to help people and to kind of help humanity and you know it doesn't make me feel anything towards my own people but even just like other people it definitely kind of makes it feels like it turns the outlook grim and you just feel kind of hopeless and I retweeted a tweet last night on my Twitter about how you know it's one of those things that you want to disconnect but at the Mm. same time you're almost like you can't stop looking because you want to be informed and you don't want to miss anything and you kind of want to stay up to date but every like update or every new tweet on your timeline it like it just like kind of rubs salt in the wound so it's kind of a it's kind of an almost like an abusive relationship that we have with all this coverage and everything going on and it's just i had a headache for a good part of the day needless to say and uh it's i'm very i'm very tired and i kind of just i was already out of you know i guess cares to give i kind of censored myself there but you don't have to um really oh i don't have to <laughs> no you totally don't oh okay well i ran out of fucks to give i'm at this point i'm i'm i mean i i ran out a long time ago but especially at this point i'm just like i just like i obviously i care about the situation but in terms of like the sort of reaction and reception to a lot of people speaking out about it. i've been very happy to see the people that i interact with speaking out about it especially you know, non-brown and black folk, it's made me very, very happy. And I'm like, you know, I've choose, I've chosen the right people to surround myself around. Mm. And I'm very happy. And I needless to say, haven't had anybody that I know personally that I've had to have a talk with. But um, it's still just like more so that there, there was never really any fucks about speaking about this stuff, but especially not at this point. So it's like, it's unfortunate. I feel like this isn't going to change anytime soon. So it's just, I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I'm just I'm tired. I feel beat down and tired. It's it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, how how are you coping right now? How are you feeling about everything that's been going on? Um so I am I'm also feeling very very tired about everything that's been happening. I think this has been I think just with all the variables that went into this George Floyd case, it just kind of just hit the tipping point for me finally where I was just like I'm just I'm just so tired of seeing black people get killed by the police just all these injustices and similar to what Paris said about um you know being a parent to a uh black son like you know I'm 26 years old but I'm still my mother's son and she's uh you know a white immigrant uh both of us were from England and she uh, you know, she left her whole family and raised me and uh, things like that. So she, she like, I'm all she has, basically. Um, so thinking about whenever I interact with a police officer or see a police officer and having that mentality that, while I don't think that, like, um, you know, every cop is going to do this, but, like, the possibility, just the possibility that they could do something to me unjustfully, and it's it's scary it's it's scary um so yeah i honestly took a break from social media uh earlier today uh until you know we're, i was promoting uh that we the show was happening because i think it's important and 
I like, I just like took a nap. I was just like, I need to, I need to like, just be away from the world right now yeah. uh, and take a break um, after getting all the information that I needed, you know, and then my fiance who is all, who's not black, like she was, you know, she uh, held me today and like cried a little bit cause she, you know, she understands the circumstances and the reality of uh, what's going on right now. Um, and I was just telling, I was telling her, you gotta, you gotta be strong for me. You know, <laughs> I need you to stay strong mm. for me. Cause you know, um, so, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's tiring. It's, it's exhausting. Um, but I'm glad that we're all here right now and we're going to talk about this together. Yeah. I, I didn't cry today. Uh, two episodes ago I did on the show and it was a lot of snot bubble crying. Um, but I sat a lot today just alone and tried to figure out how I was going to talk about this tonight with, I was going to do it solo, but I was like, I need help. <laughs> I was like, I need help today. Um, and tried to figure out good ways to, to, to broach the conversation and broach the subject. We're definitely going to get into the conversation about our, our dear beloved friend in central park. Uh, for sure. We're definitely going to get to that part of the conversation because there's a specific question I want to ask all of you about that. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, this has been a long fucking week, man. Like this has been like the craziest 96 hours that I've seen in a long time. This week has it, been beating everybody's ass. Everybody's, I don't know what it is. Everybody's <laughs> ass. And I'm just like, and man, y'all talking about this week. I mean, it's yeah. 2020. Yeah, saying, dude, that's the year <laughs> for like a month. This is the year that has lasted 20 freaking years. It's just ongoing. Yeah. yeah. It's that's insane. Like the, that's the crazy thing for me is, is I, I got to the beginning of this week and I was like, man, I think fi- I think things are finally coming around. And then, yeah, I get to like the last couple of days and it's like, man, like, really? Like, really? Like, we can't, can't get a break? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, and it was just like this waterfall of whiteness for the past 96 hours of just like, well, I'm used to, I'm used to being upset about all the things that I see white people get away with in comparison to what we get a chance to be able to do while we just live. But this week is like raised this up to some other level that I didn't know I was going to be this mad for this long. And I didn't know what to do with it because I had just gone. We had just all gone through some shit a week ago or two weeks ago or the week before that, where, you know, we get a chance to see this stuff because it's in our circles um, and, 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 and get a chance to kind of commiserate and to figure out what we want to do and all that stuff. Uh, my question to, to you to bridge that out was. I know what my initial feelings and reactions were when I saw the first video of George. I know some people didn't watch it. Um, I personally feel compelled to watch that stuff. I, I'm weird like that. It's a part of my my upbringing for my grandma to be like, you have to understand what they're doing to you. You know what's happening, but to see it is very different than to just know it. Um, I'm going to kind of go and just pick folks. Did, did you did, like, did anybody else watch this? Besides me, if you if you did, you know, chime in. I saw it. What, what, what did yeah. you think? What did you think, Cameron? What, what, I mean, not what did you think, but what were your feelings when all this went down? Um, normally, when I when I see these things, I just kind of like shake my head. I'm just like, wow, like how is this a reality? Um, it's it's just kind of like what we were saying earlier. So it's just it's just frustrating. Like I don't I don't see how. I don't see how with one cop doing what he was doing to George Floyd and then like 
three other cops watching him thinking that what is happening right now isn't wrong or like isn't following their pro like whatever their training is like this is not like it's common sense like i don't i don't have to believe a police officer to know that you shouldn't be kneeing in this dude's neck for nine minutes straight until he uh suffocates and dies like it's it's mind-boggling to me I, I just don't i just don't understand it so it's it's really frustrating um but and and it was even more frustrating when i found out that they basically falsified the police report mm. like they they made all they said like oh he died in the ambulance on the way there it's like no he didn't it's like oh he was resisting arrest no he wasn't like like and this is a police report like how how, how? i don't get it um it's just mind-boggling I, I that's all i can really say the 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 how for me is how many uh because we know that they're yeah. way more oh, than yeah. we Absolutely. get a chance to see or hear or, or be, a, be privy to paris you said that you got it you, you looked at it and watched the video what, what are your thoughts yeah i mean i i saw it and just again the the overall sentiment that i have from it is frustration because i'm past being angry i i the, the anger it's almost like I'm like the Hulk. I'm always angry, right? Because this doesn't stop happening. So when it happened again, I'm not surprised. The sad part of it is, is that the way it happened, who it happened to, when you start to get the backstory on on who this person is, then you realize he's up there because he's trying to fix his life. He's trying to do the right things, right? Mm -hmm. Whether he wrote a bad check or not, it, that, that doesn't matter. And that's just kind of the lesson, which again, unfortunately, I have to literally sit down with my children and teach them and make them understand. Here's police training one-on-one, -on -one, how to deal with the police if you're ever put in this situation, which is ridiculous that we have to do that. But it's like, I'm explaining to them that it doesn't matter if, if he was a criminal, it doesn't matter what he did. You don't deserve to die on a street corner like that. No human being. I don't, it ain't about being black. It's about being a human being. You don't deserve to die that way. You don't deserve to be letting this person know I can't breathe. You have people there. Hey, I don't think he can breathe. And it and and you see the expressions on these officers' face like it was a been there done that scenario for them, right? Mm. I'm gonna. I, I guess you said everything's for free. Uh, we all all holds bar, no holds bar here. So I guarantee you, this is the sentiment that was like, well, he's he's just another nigger, right? Doesn't matter, right? Right. So it doesn't matter. He's going to suffer a little bit before we haul him in. And the other three just stood around and watched it. And and that's the frustrating and the sad part of this is this isn't going to be the last time. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I told my kids, like this will happen again. We will get outraged again. There will be riots again. The problem is what's going to be the catalyst to make this change? I don't see it. I, I don't see it. And I hate I hate myself for having to say that. But that's just the reality of where we are in, in America right now. This is going to happen again. And there, we already saw it with the district attorney or whoever, with attorney general already making an excuse. Right. Yeah, it was horrific, but there was other evidence that wasn't criminal. It's like, those are not the words people want to hear right now. I get you want to do your due diligence, but don't say to the public that is already out there riding in the streets that there's evidence that clears the, clears these men until you can 100% prove it that it clears them. Because if you don't, you're just feeding into the narrative that this is just another black man that you that the world doesn't care about. 
because that to me was the lesson that this week has taught me. Forget the global pandemic, forget all of that. Between Amy Cooper and between George Floyd, this week taught me that even in 2020, black people are still second class citizens in in here in this this country. It's what we are. doesn't matter how hard you try. doesn't matter how, how good you are, what you do. The way you are perceived is as a second class citizen and your life does not matter. And I know you want to get into Amy Cooper later, but Lord have mercy. I got a whole and bunch to say about that. That's on, and honest, honestly, jumping off the Amy Cooper thing, like yeah. for me, seeing all this stuff go down uh, on Twitter and on the on the Internet. Right. Like I, I didn't watch the video because it's one of those things where I just it, it's very hard for me to, to watch that stuff at, yeah. at this point. Like I. I what was the one that uh ferguson missouri when that when that went down right, right? like i i, I can't remember if there was video video of that or there was another one going on going on around that time but that was for me ferguson was the event that kind of opened my eyes on on another level as far as like what this is and what's going on and especially like what the reactions are of the people around me especially like the white people around me for me for me at the time living in central illinois and growing up in central illinois in a place mm-hmm. that is very like mixed as far as like political views go uh looking around and kind of seeing the reaction from different people and seeing like people who i would call friends react to a police shooting in a way that was like well like how do we know that he wasn't doing anything wrong or like obviously like the police aren't like out here uh, trying to be malicious or or, in all these things right like seeing reactions that for me shocked me not really under not really realizing what was there underlying the whole time Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like jumping off of that, right, and like seeing videos come out after that of like different situations and different shootings. I think around that was the original like where like the "I can't breathe" slogan uh, came from out of out of the incident in New York. Like, right. you know, at, at a certain Garner. point, I was like, I just, "Yes, Eric Garner, thank you." Um, at a certain point, I was just like, I can't watch this stuff anymore. Um, seeing the, seeing the image that came out with the police officer um, on, on George Floyd's neck, like. You know that image when i first saw it i was like certainly this can't be a thing that just happened certainly this was like an incident that happened years ago that's not that that didn't just happen yesterday right and like the more and more i read into it the more and more uh info started to come out and the more i realized that, like no yeah this is a thing that just happened um and it, it's exactly what it looks like i think for me i immediately went to the amy cooper situation my, my, yeah. like my mind immediately went to like just last week a woman like called the police and said oh told a black dude that 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 she was going to call the police and tell them that there was an african-american male like bothering her and then proceeded to do it like the the fact that these are these are puzzle pieces that people put together and like the fact that 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 was her exact wording and not just like i'm going to call the police on you or like i'm going to call the police and tell them that you're bothering me i'm going to call the police and tell them that there's an african-american male uh uh that's that's harassing me meanwhile he's standing there just asking her to to do the thing she's supposed to do like (laughs) the 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 amount of disregard paid like yeah like the amount of disregard the amount of disregard paid toward black lives is fucking ridiculous in a way that yeah this week like at the top of this right i I, i've said that like I've, i've allowed myself to kind of feel again in a way where like you know after after uh, after Ferguson and after Eric Garner and after after quite a few of these events, like I remember being weighed down by it so much that I was like, you know, I can't, I can't deal. Like I'm gonna keep up with what's going on, but I can't like actively like talk about it and I can't actively engage in in, in deep discussion about it because it, it hurts to see. Um, this I think this morning for me was was one of those things where like you know opening up my phone, 
seeing the seeing the protests happen, uh, seeing what's going on in Minneapolis, seeing uh, what people are talking about on Twitter, seeing seeing how the internet's reacting to everything, right? Kind of ignited back like that anger in me that I think was always there, and I think that we'll always kind of have, you know, seeing all this stuff going on. Um, but yeah, like this is frustrating on another level, especially coming coming off of that Amy Cooper situation. I can't stop thinking about it. It's, it's ridiculous and as fucking insensitive and as fucking like racist, like casually racist as want, it is. I want to poke at that for kidding. a quick second. Can, can I add one thing to that? Yeah, Please, just, I just, and I know I'm speaking out of turn. There's every, no, no, I know no. everyone wants to have, have a voice, but no that was to me the just the irony of of what's been going on. You, I saw the Amy Cooper thing first, and then it was like literally right after because you know people are trying to make excuses for that oh maybe she thought it was threatening all the police they're not going to do anything and then literally right after that george floyd happens and it's like see this is why you don't weaponize the police because you're upset with someone telling you to follow the rules because that's all that came down to and then when we obviously find out about is it christian cooper is his name right you hear his background harvard educated you know, wrote for Marvel, you know, obviously he was whatever the aviation stuff with the birds. I never say it right. But Birding. the point is this oh, was, yeah, was when you see a picture of him, he's not a threat, but you literally your, your instinct was to say, I don't like what you're saying to me. So I'm going to go get my police force to deal with you and I'll make sure they come and they'll find you and call you an African-American and that you're threatening me. And then she did the whole hysterical thing at the end. And the thing that, again, I keep bringing this back to my kids and especially my son, I explained to him, if you were in that situation and you didn't have a video camera, at best, you're going to jail. Mm. At yeah, worst, you just gotta, you're going to be like, dead. Get out of that situation. Like, because it, yeah, it's like, your word against hers at that point, and they will not believe you. I hate saying that, but that's just the truth. He would not have been believed if he didn't have a video camera in that moment. She would have been the victim. No. He'd have been hauled off to jail. Yeah. Z- Zombie, yeah. I want to. One second, bless. I want because there's, there's a really mm-hmm. there's a, a point that I want to get to with Zambe around some of this too, because I know you do activism in, in these spaces where you, you said you do, do you do some with uh, folks who are incarcerated or? Mainly my, my focus of my uh, reform and activism is over prison reform in Mississippi, being formally incarcerated myself. Yeah. What's the, I mean, I, I'm going to go back to the Amy Cooper thing because there's a specific question I want to ask the room, but I think that jumping off that point that bless and Paris kind of uh, started you having worked directly with folks in those places, in those systems every day, what, what are the conversations that you're hearing from folks who have been locked up in a, in what we can tell is a very corrupt pr- uh, criminal justice system in America anyway. And then we're seeing this very specific incident happen uh, with, uh, 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 I can't think of the thing right now with, with Amy. The, Yes, with, with uh, George with, Floyd. Yeah, with or George Amy Floyd and all these other people. Uh, but hearing the conversations with Mississippi as well, being a place where we know there are a lot of corrupt police departments and a lot of a lot of incidents that happen down there that are that are not above board. What are the conversations that you're hearing from folks that you're working with with that kind of uh, being the, the foundation? I want I want to say a few things, and I'm yeah. I'm allowed to be really real here, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is what it's for. Are y'all listening? Fuck the police. They're not on your side. Don't teach your children that these are people that will help you. Don't look to them to save you. 
not the police that are brown either. It is a system that is built upon the back and the blood of brown people in America, period, period. It is prison labor, is slave labor, and it runs every business in here and money runs the world here. So if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, maybe this or it's white cops, it's not. It's all of them. It's all of them. And it's open season on black people every single day. You know what they're doing right there? White and black cops right now, they're guarding his house. They're mm -hmm. guarding these people's houses. Are they guarding us? Are they taking care of our lives? Never. It'll never happen. I told my kid straight up, my son is five years old, y'all, five. Mm. Police officers come to their school and they teach them, you know, you should talk to police officers. I said, I don't want my kid included in these classes when you have your little show and tell and buddy buddy with the police because it's not safe for him. Mm. Please remove my son from these classes where you guys try to train them up that the police are the good guys because it's a fucking joke. And I'm that mom in mm. Mississippi. <laughs> I am that person 24 seven. I am black in the South in a place where when we disappear, nobody hears our cries. Nobody riots over us here. Nobody does a goddamn thing for my children in Mississippi. Yeah, you riot even in some of the whitest parts of America, Minnesota, wherever. Y'all go ahead and do it. But what about here? This happens every day here. Sandra, what part of every you know what single day? What part of Mississippi? I live right outside of Jackson. I unfortunately lived in Mississippi from junior high up until I went to college in Mississippi. I I literally can back up everything she says because mm -hmm. I yeah. had the unfortunate, no disrespect to anybody that's from there. I'm not from there originally, but I, my dad was born and raised in Mississippi and that's literally the, the reality behind it is we don't have that sort of same you know, support Grace. and you're not going to, you're not going to find that stuff because I mean, Mississippi, between Mississippi and pretty much Alabama, you're looking at the two probably, I mean, there's racism everywhere. Grant and I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to co-sign that. Like yeah. it literally, those are probably the two worst states when it comes to, which is crazy because pretty much the majority of the population is black, but this is also the place 85%. where, right. There's also the place where, black folks are treated the worst. So I just wanted to co-sign that for her because as somebody that literally, even now I live literally pretty much right off the state line of Mississippi and Tennessee. So I'm literally right there. I'm like three yeah. minutes and I'm back in Mississippi. So I'm like, I just wanted to co-sign that because she's right. They kill us in prison here every day. Uh, we've had over 38 inmate deaths in the past, like I think in the first three months of this year. Okay, 38 Apartment? inmates dead. At Parchment, Jay-Z yep. Jay has said people down here, we're now suing our prison system actively. We're trying to work. Uh, we've got a massive amount of things that are under undergoing. But Jay-Z and Beyonce's foundation actually have sent a lawyer. And we're now suing at a Supreme Court level, the Mississippi justice system. So I don't know. And it's hard for me. I'm listening to you guys talk. And you guys are like, like Cameron sounds like this is it's like he sounded shocked maybe, but like, I can't be shocked anymore. I'm 37 years old. This has been the reality as long as I've been alive. Yeah. There's no shock to my anger. My anger's so old and ancient now, it has a different <laughs> vibe to it. 
Do you know what I'm saying? No, I'm with you. The anger comes with this exhaustion that permeates your being of blackness. And I'm sure Paris knows. Paris ain't young. Paris, <laughs> Paris gets it. He damn sure. You know, I'm just saying. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm fucking with you. I can't hear you, Paris. Your mic is muted for some reason. Oh, but it's it's, it's <laughs> oh, an no, older no, it's an older thing. There's no outrage anymore. You can't be outraged. This is the reality. It's always been the reality. Next week, more black people will be murdered. The week after that, more black people will be murdered. Watch the videos. Show them to your children. And I hate to say the trauma that we're going to think that this creates, but if they don't see the reality, Khalif, like you said, your grandma said, yeah. it doesn't affect you. We live in a social media world where everything's pretend and everything's staged until they look that horrible death in the face. I sobbed. I threw up when I watched it, Khalif. I threw up. Uh, well, re really quick, because I know Paris was, was about to say a thing. I I know that there's been a lot of controversy within our own community about, like, should you share this stuff on on social media? Should you pass it around? Should you, you know, I guess, give it give it more air than it than it rightly deserves than it deserves. I'll say this personally for me. Um, I've stopped sharing stuff like that because I know the trauma that goes along with re-traumatizing people. Right. I understand what that means to people's psyches. I know when I was broken last week, I couldn't deal with any of that stuff. If I do share that stuff out, though, understand and this is for everybody in the chat. This is for everybody who's going to listen to the podcast later. This is all the people who are going to be tweeting at me on social media. When I do that stuff, it's not for black people. It's not nope. for us. The, the, the re and I hate to use this word because it makes me mad when I say it. But the consistent and constant re-education of white people about what happens in this country to us on a consistent basis, on a constant basis, is infinitely tiring. To do that work because you choose to do that work is different than saying, I don't know. There isn't a person on this planet right now, unless you can't read, you can't see, you can't hear who doesn't and you're not of age where you can comprehend what's happening, who is an adult who does not understand what is happening to black people all around the world right now. So when you say that you don't know, and I was so surprised and I didn't know how this all could be like this. I don't understand. Motherfuckers is not that hard to understand. If they gun me down, you better video it. And sh I want someone to be watching when I go down. If they gun me down, I want someone to see me. If they gun me down, I want people to see what truly happened because the police will lie every time. It is in their best interest. They're a corporation. There are paychecks involved. Yeah, I, I, I will. I will one at some point tell my collard green story, my cops and collard green story, uh, which is mm -hmm. a very, very interesting and funny one uh, that will bring some levity to this conversation. Paris, I know you were about to say something prior to that. I want you to I want to give you space to go ahead. Uh, and it, it was just relevant to, to, to what, what zombie was just saying that I am, I'm old and I'm from the <laughs> South. Me too, I'm boy. Raised in the South. So I know, I know what real racism is, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like growing up as a kid in elementary school, I used to walk home from school every day and the kid, the white kids would down the street would call me a nigger as I'm going home. And I was taught to ignore it, to basically hold your, your head high, be big, bigger than that and don't engage. That's how I was taught. As a kid, South Florida, it is what it is. Well, as an adult, you know, I lived my early 20s. I lived in Japan for a while, so I get to see a completely different culture. I got to see how 
black people are perceived outside of this country. And it is different. And I'm not saying there's not racism. Of course, there is. Even now, as an adult with my own family, I live in suburbia uh, north of San Diego. And my kids and I'm just explaining this to them recently. They live we live in a bubble. I know there's racism here, but I don't experience it directly almost to the point where, and this is where the story comes in. I think I kind of fooled myself a few years. Like, ah, it's not that bad. I went back home. I hadn't been home in years. I went back home to Florida to go hang out with my mom. It was her 70th birthday. And I just remember I went into a convenience store to buy something and I'm standing in line. There was white lady in front of me, white cashier. White lady in front of me, the cashier is just all bubbly, smiley. Yeah, yeah, da, da, da. She buys her thing. I'm telling you, the second I walked up, like it went from bubbly smile to just blank face, clutching the pearls, buy your stuff and get out. And it was like at that moment, I go, oh, yeah, I, I remember where I am now. I re- this this is what it's like to live in the South as, as a black person. I remembered again, and, and that has stuck with me ever since. And I'm very conscious of that. And I try to you know educate my kids on this, that you are in a bubble. This is not a representation of the real world. Trust me, yep. you leave this bubble, it will be different for you. Like my oldest daughter, she is now 18 and she's you know going to college and everything. And I'm letting her know, you're about to start experiencing the real world. Every, not everything is like Southern California. And again, I cannot stress enough. Yes, there is racism in Southern California. But what I'm saying is the direct in your face, you know, you're a second class citizen because you're black racism. We don't experience it out here where I live. But I know that is a truth for the majority of black people in this country. And I'm sympathetic to it. And that's why I'm very vocal about it on social media. And again, going back to this week, this is the, the, the this is the direct example from both from both angles, from the way that Amy Cooper tried to weaponize it to the way that uh, Mr. Floyd was killed. This is our reality in America. And this is what people need to understand that because, you know, and I'm sure you always hear it, too, especially on social media, because people are anonymous. So they say crazy stuff. Oh, you're over exaggerating. It's not that bad. (laughs) Uh, All lives matter. Blue lives matter and all that. But when is my black ass going to matter? That's what I want to know. You know what I mean? And until we get to that point that we matter, that George Floyd's life actually mattered in that moment. This country is going to continue to be broken and we're going to continue to have these issues. There's a there's a part of the conversation about Amy. Oh, you Cameron, you're going to jump in. Yeah. I, yeah. I uh, <clears throat> I wanted to say first, uh, Zom, I didn't mean like uh, I didn't mean to come across as like shocked that this happened, but more like shocked that this keep not, not shocked, like just tired of like how it's continuing to happen. Uh, like. And just like so quickly after Amy, uh, like the Amy Cooper situation and everything like that, like I don't get shocked when these things happen. I'm just like, I just again shake my head, like, like another one, like you know another situation another has happened yeah, and, it's, and it, yeah. exactly, literally another one. Um, so I don't, I don't want to uh, seem like that. I'm like, wow, or anything like that. Well, it's your youngness; um, it permeates it. It's like, yeah, God, and I, I, am, wish I, am young. I, could, I, I wish I could be young and be like. I, I wish I could say that not living in Mississippi before I moved here, I lived in DC, right? Mm-hmm. DC is a prominent black excellence in a circle. Mm-hmm. So you yep. can be in a black yep. bubble in, in DC and feel like, man, this is amazing. Look at all these cultures. And then you, I moved here. Okay. <laughs> I moved here. Yeah. It, yeah. Please don't. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, 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 oh. 
Go ahead, as, as somebody yeah. who's like lived in in multiple different parts of the country at, at, at this point, at the age of like twenty five, right? I've not had like the yeah. uh, like the time to experience all these th- things as like most people here. But like you know, living uh, starting off living in Champaign, Illinois, right, Central Illinois, moving to Seattle, and that now living in uh, uh, Daly City in California, it's been interesting to see like how things are different in each in each of these areas, but things are still the same at the same time, right? Because like in Seattle, I don't. I, I don't think I've I'd ever I ever experienced like super over very direct racism aside yeah. from like homeless people calling me the N word every now and then like aside mm-hmm. from that happening like all the racism I, I experienced was very like subtle and very much like a for Seattle is like a, a very progressive very kind of laid chill back uh, chill laid back city like any sort of racism I experienced there was very much like a like white people being either. <laughs> And I, uh, whatever, this is, a, this is this kind of podcast, so it doesn't matter. But like white people <laughs> being what you would expect, like progressive white people to be in terms of in terms of that side of racism, uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, you know, you you kind of you got you kind of get to see what that's like. But yeah, being in central Illinois, like most of the direct racism I've experienced there, especially involving police, uh, thankfully, like none involved like a shooting. But, you know. Like even even me and I'm I'm curious for Cameron too. Like as somebody who's only 25 years old, right? Like there have been multiple times where, in fact, I'll say most times I've been stopped by, by police have been unnecessary and like unsettling in the ways that those that all those situations turned out. Like I think either the first or second time I'd been stopped by police, I was in college. I was probably like 18 or 19, and I remember I remember having the, the officer like assume and accuse me of maybe having weed in my car, despite me being like the sweet church kid that wouldn't like <laughs> would never do a drug, hadn't had even drank at the time. Uh, but because me and my friends were chilling, me and my friends were kind of doing our own thing, out of nowhere got uh, got stopped and got got pulled aside by an officer and, and that that wanted to or that threatened to search our cars uh, for weed, my car specifically. Uh, had that had had I've been, I've been stopped uh, in my own neighborhood uh, by police officers who thought that maybe I didn't belong there because I was just parked on the road minding my own business while picking up a friend uh, to the point where as I was picking up the friend who lived in the same neighborhood as I did, like officer came up to us, asked if everything's okay, asked him directly. My my uh, Asian friend who was who was also taller and bigger than me, like who could defend himself against me easily, uh, asked him <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> like you good is everything okay and, and it was one of those things where me and him looked at each other like what the fuck is going on right now um it's 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 everywhere right like in in some places is way worse right like i i'm so i'm, I'm so glad no offense to mississippi once again I'm so glad i don't yeah. live in mississippi for for that reason uh i've heard stories from my sister who who lives with her family in texas and like you know i hear some some horror stories there too like it's for for people in the chat especially like for white people listening right like it's a thing that we all experience different levels like different like levels different levels of experience and different like cases happening in different parts of the country and different parts of the world but like no matter where you go black people are treated are being treated terribly yeah yeah before, yeah, before, can i kind of yeah. chime in on that a little yeah, bit yeah i want you to jump in please I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to be sure because I know like there's probably like topics and stuff that you want to tackle, but I kind of wanted to like kind of add on to that because like me, I'm 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 probably the youngest person in here. I'm 25 years old, almost 26, and I I'm gonna be honest and say that you know because I am, and this is something that I think all people should be aware of, 
that generally speaking, I am what's considered the quote unquote acceptable black because I'm mm. light skinned, curly hair, racially ambiguous. And I do gotcha. think that, Same. you know, lighter complexed people or folks that are racially ambiguous or whatever, or that people look at me and they think I'm, you know, full Latina. And they, yep. so I'm, I'm basically, yep. I'm, I'm passing, so I'm acceptable, you know what I mean? So it's, and I think that that's important for people to be conscious and aware of because not to say like people that look like me don't experience that stuff because we absolutely do but it's also i do have to be aware of my privilege in that situation so even though i have experienced things especially as i've gotten older on the different platforms and things that i've kind of become a part of um but generally speaking like sort of that like you know paris's experience like i haven't experienced that and i will say i wanted to kind of chime in on that because even though i have not personally my dad does my dad's in his 70s and mm. you know so you know, he was born in the 40s, 1940s, in Mississippi, in Red Banks, Mississippi. And, you know, his dad was actually because his dad had him when he was, you know, kind of older age. His dad was born literally, I think, just a few years after they abolished slavery. And he was lucky. My, my I never met him, of course, because he passed away. Like he passed away. My dad was eight. He passed away when, when my dad was really young. So, but he was lucky enough to like have owned land. He owned land, owned a farm. Like he was definitely one of the lucky ones being in Mississippi. But obviously that puts my, literally my great grandparents as being slaves. And a lot of people, I think about that now and that, that it's, it's, it's really messed up to think about because there's people whose great grandparents still alive today. Mm-hmm. and who can go visit their great-grandparents. Whereas mm-hmm. me, it's like, no, I can't. They're passed away. But it's crazy to think that it was not that long ago. But mm-hmm. I say that to say, you know, I've had these super, not me directly, but even just my dad, like hearing him talk about these things, um, you know, just the fact that he literally went to the high school that I went to was the same school that he went to. Um, and you know, it was basically the school that was that they like when they desegregated it, um, they basically went and created a, a white, you know, private school for the kids that did not for the white kids that did not want to go to school with the black kids. Um, you know, he's he went through drinking at segregated water fountains and things like that. So he lived that. He's he's been there, whatever. And I was blessed enough. My mom, my mother is white, but I was blessed enough to have a mom who was always very blunt, did not, you know, has has done her best to be an absolute ally. Um, The fact that she has black children, she's never tried to invalidate my blackness. She always wanted me to embrace it. You know, don't straighten your hair. Don't do this, et cetera, Mm. et cetera. Learn your history. Don't teach my kids that, you know, she even was blunt to say, don't teach my kids Thanksgiving went this way. No, don't teach my kids that, the, the, you know, <laughs> pilgrims me. were nice to native, you know, indigenous folks. Like she was very blunt about that. She was like, don't lie to my children kind of thing. And yeah. I, I'm so thankful for that because I think that I kind of was brought up in a sort of, even then I, w- I wasn't even living in the South at the time. I was living in the Midwest. I was living in Kansas City, Missouri, but um, I just always had parents who were very blunt with me and who I've I've had the kind of, uh, privilege of knowing about this stuff. And I wanted to mention how um, 
And I was going to ask Sami if you'd heard of him. My uncle was actually a civil rights activist in Mississippi. His name is Alfred Skip Robinson. Um, and I mean, he's granted he passed away in the 80s, uh, but he actually founded the United League of Mississippi. We, and we, uh, um, I actually do know who that is. That's amazing. That's really cool. You do? Okay, good, good, good. Yes, yeah, I do so know that. He, really cool. my uncle, my my uncle who's still with us, my dad's brother, because this is my dad's family. Um, he actually just released a book called Untitled uh, Skip the Last Freedom Fighter. And he, I actually did, because I, I actually have a history degree. And that was one thing I kind of wanted to touch base on is me studying history. I can't tell you how many times it was difficult to sit in a class. Because, you know, I don't think you probably see a lot of black, I mean, like, you know, black students that go for history degrees. I was sitting amongst all my white classmates and we're sitting here getting down to the nitty gritty about what happened to Nat Turner, like actually what happened to him, the fact that he was hung, quartered and skinned mm. and made an example and prayed about the town <clears throat> and how I was sitting in class fighting back tears and just looking at the people around me. It's like, you know, I, I mean, this is stuff I already knew, but just hearing it like actually told in a kind of professional setting like that, it's emotional. But even studying history, you see that, you know, these, these institutions have been around to do the things that they're doing now, but it was in a different way. All they've done is repackaged it and rebranded it. That's all they've, that's <laughs> all that's, that's happened. Yeah. That's, that's literally branding. it. Yeah. And it's, and you know, Zombie talked about, you know, even the, the black and the brown cops, it's that blue line. And so many of them aren't, you know, aren't going to cross it. And who knows, maybe back way, way, way back in the day. Cause like my uncle, he ended up trying to run specifically because the, in, it was in Holly Springs, Mississippi, um, the just all the corruption and stuff that was happening there um you know he ran for sheriff because he was like i want to change this he taught um i did actually my final um my basically my senior project on him that not just him but the black power and armed resistance movement of mississippi and i talked about my uncle in there because that's what he did he's like you know we're having all this stuff happened to us like i want you guys to be safe i want you to protect yourselves etc cetera, etc cetera. and i can't help but to think like i thought last night what would he say or what would he be doing if he was live right now and i wish he was and i wish he could mm. because he was doing all this frontline stuff yeah and i wished i sat there and thought last night i really wish that he was here so i could just feel like i had some kind of insight you know what i mean like i just need guidance because it's so easy to feel so lost so it's like even though me being like you know very young and obviously not having experienced a lot of these things directly even just having that sort of close tie to people like my dad and um you know my uncle it's still just like so i kind of i feel like i came into the world even with my personality, but like I was, this is what I was, I was built for these social issues, this sort of stuff. This is the stuff that I, I literally care about. This is what I pretty much like breathe and, and live now. And I just am so vocal about it. And I am definitely, it's 2020. There's no reason that people should not be aware of what's going on. If you say that you are, it's because you've turned a blind eye to it. It's not because you didn't have the resources because it's everywhere. It's on every single news station. It's all over on every social media. It's just excuses. You've you've willingly turned a blind eye to these things if you are not aware. Now, if you're in another country or something like that that maybe not covers this stuff, can't really blame you there. Whatever. But I'm talking, you know, when like some because I don't know what they air in Japan. You know, I'm just I'm just throwing out <laughs> some places literally across the world. But in America, 
it's like there you have literally no excuse at this point if you've been if you don't know about it it's because you've been ignoring it essentially because it makes you uncomfortable and it is an uncomfortable thing but it's like imagine how uncomfortable it feels for us because yeah. we're living or like we're living Khalif in reality said, maybe they're just sitting in white streamers chat rooms and they don't know what's going on well here's a well uh, yeah. that is a you know i wasn't going to segue to that yet Woo. but mm. Let's get into <laughs> that conversation because I was going to put that I'm ready. The, until the break, um, which we're going to take after this part of the conversation. One of the we have some of the dopest content creators and folks in this room right now. One of the conversations that we often see is that folks in our community take the time to do that work, to spend that time and, and to reach out to each other and to say, are you OK? We're having one of the dopest conversations that we that, that Twitch has probably ever had around something like this because we know the platform is not going to give us a spotlight to have these on the front page. But I think that the interesting part has been not only in the streaming spaces, which we see all the time be really vocal about some shit and not vocal at all about other stuff, but we see it also in the gaming space that we all inhabit and that we all take time to be a part of and are, I would say we're, we're all like parts and ambassadors in that way for our individual outlets and streams and, and all that stuff. What is your, th- what have your thoughts been about how quiet it has been over the past week from some of our white counterparts? who have not said a goddamn thing about any of the black people who have died. Can, in can, the past. can I please start this off? I will give you the floor. Pika, you have the floor. Please, please. Can, can I, like, to what extent, this isn't like censored or anything, right? You can say whatever you want. This is, this is our Do show. It. This is our show. Do this is it. Go show. off. Go off, queen. Go off. Yeah. This is ours. <laughs> I'm to the point where I don't even... I don't even fucking care. I'm I I don't think I've ever been so ready to square up with anybody, any of these fucking people in my fucking life up until now because Ooh. I am so fucking fed up. I am over it. All these people got all this shit to say about Alinity because she threw a fucking cat. Mm. All these people got everything to say about quote unquote titty streamers who are mm-hmm. just trying to police women's bodies. Everybody has everything to say about, oh, I just don't think you should have a starting screen for this amount of minutes. It's stupid. <laughs> or you can't use somebody else's emotes in my chat because that's self-promoting. But ain't got shit to say about actual hate crimes nope. and completely silent because it's all, I don't want to bring politics. Well, I'm fucking glad that you can ignore this shit because it's quote unquote politics when this is a lot of people's realities. You have Oof. that privilege of being able to ignore the shit and act like it's just not existing. And I'm fucking sick of it because they want to sit here and say all this shit and act like they're so this and so that. And then that ties in directly with the fact. And I'm going to even go as far as to say this. There are even, unfortunately, some black streamers who have done this where they sit there and are so desperate <laughs> for views and subs and followers that they will sit there and allow their communities they will sit there and develop these communities full of all these white people and not check them on shit and then have the nerve to put in their little rules or whatever else don't discuss politics in my stream because you want that approval so bad because you care about quote unquote making it on twitch and i'm just gonna be honest here 
half half these motherfuckers ain't gonna make it on Twitch. You're not. Period. I'm probably oh, not. Shit. Let's just be real. We're all. not. But so no. you're doing all this and she for what? No. I'm just saying. <laughs> because you want to be the black ninja. You want to be part of TSM. What's up? What like what are you trying to gain from it? But is all it's that TSM. shit worth what you're sitting here doing? <laughs> Is it all worth it? Because I see so many people do that. They literally sit there because they don't want to scare off their viewers. Why do you care that much? You're w literally willing to basically sell out. So I've seen people, I'm sorry, I've seen people that have been getting called coons and shit. I'm sorry. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Because that's exactly what you're doing. Because suddenly you don't care because you want to make it big on Twitch or YouTube. That's what's important to you, not your own fucking people. Like, I'm sorry, it's, it's bullshit to me. So it's mm -hmm. like, I can expect that shit from the, from the white content creators and the white streamers. But the fact that there's people of our own communities doing this shit, it blows my mind. And I'd be ready to fucking fight because I'm like, I'm, I'm fed up <laughs> with it. Twitch yep. is not my life. When I mm. sign off of Twitch, like, and you Ooh. can't separate me. I'm, I'm, Katie and I'm Pikachu leader, but you don't get a separate person. I, I, don't, I don't do performative shit. And I'm not going to not be who I am on and off stream or on Twitter. I don't care if it affects my viewership. I don't care if it accepts any opportunities. All the people that I want supporting me are going to support me regardless. St. Jude, beautiful. All of them, all of them have been wonderful allies to all this shit. Um, you know, BGG, everything else. They're doing exactly what they need to do. The main people that I care about in terms of my branding and my sort of partnerships, affiliate, whatever else, are not going to throw me under the bus. I don't want to work with any any sort of brand that would even give a fuck about me speaking out about this stuff. But it's all, and then there's even people who will sit here and be quiet the whole time, but then speak up about looting. So you didn't say shit else until the topic Ooh. came up about looting. Yep. Now you got all this shit to say. And I'm just, I'm just... I got to be mindful of keeping what's within TOS, but just know I'm fed the fuck up. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cuss <laughs> that much, but I'm just, I am, okay. I'm a pacifist and I am, I am genuinely probably the nicest person you ever meet. I will give you the shirt off my back, but I am fucking angry and I'm fucking tired. And I'm, I'm literally like, I'm all for calling people out, whatever. I don't care. This whole cancel culture that people act like exists. Cancel culture don't fucking exist, but cool. Expose these problematic people. Expose these people because silence is complicity. If you're silent, you're complicit. Mm. Who is I got a vibe off that. that? I got a vibe. I got a vibe off that because there's some black girl magic happening and y'all just need to go ahead. It really and is. Go ahead, girl. Harry Potter with this shit. Yeah, okay, y'all ready to get Harry Potter with this black girl magic? Because it's coming through. If you're a brand and you're in gaming right now and you are watching the political climate that exists and you haven't said a goddamn word i don't want your fucking i don't want your sponsorship i don't want i'm not gonna wait if nike came to me this goddamn minute and said some shit and they hadn't spoke up yeah they gave some money to kaepernick so we're gonna give them a little bit but <laughs> fuck it Fuck it. <laughs> fuck all of it. Fuck it all. Who who is a black person right now in gaming who's not like fuck you? Ninja can get fucked. Take your money back from him. If you're subbed all these white men, Gathalian, I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care what platform you're on. I'm on Mixer. I just moved to Twitch. Welcome. Not a gosh welcome damn <laughs> person on Mixer who's white who I have seen be a partner has said shit and very few of the black ones 
very few of the black ones. We have a minuscule community. We're not like Twitch, you know, like our communities microscopic we're like hanging out the four black people on mixer <laughs> who were vocal so all the it's, fucking it's a time. literal mixer at that point it, it's a literal <laughs> like dinner party with exactly. four people on so like, and i'm a co-streaming partner so i have a partner we're called sugar and spice she is a white girl the best ally well she don't shy away from nothing we don't church it up for nothing she doesn't try to stifle my blackness. She is the best ally I could ask for. She's in the chat. Her name is Battlebug Plays. She lets me be unabashedly black every day. She sits there and encourages my blackness. Today we had a little problem in our Discord. Somebody might have said something out of pocket. You know, it could have been construed as being inconsiderate about trans, gay, or or black people. We made a statement in our Discord because we don't believe. If you want to hate anything, you can get the fuck out of our Discord. Unless you're hating Nazis, and then go ahead and punch away, baby. Because we ain't no pacifists <laughs> up in here. We believe in flipping tables and fighting folks. So we want to make sure that people know when they're in our community that we love and we support Black content creators. And, and I am Black first. I am a mother next. And I am a streamer dead fucking last. You understand? Like, yeah. The streamer shit. Oh, you're going to hurt your brand. Oh, you know, Logitech might not call you for the headphones. <laughs> Maybe I got money for my own fucking headphones if it means you, you don't care about my life. Here's, here's the kicker, though. Life. Here's the kicker, though. I'm actually a Logitech affiliate, and they fuck with us heavy. Yeah. There's a, actually, I think somebody else in here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because my, my Logitech guy, he's actually... Uh, guatemala and i'll i'll connect with him over stuff be like you need anything for me just keep being your own awesome stuff well clearly he doesn't have an issue with this so you're good right. and they've actually made it a point to reach out shout out to logitech by the way they've actually made it a point shout to reach out and say we need more diversity and they don't just talk they do it so it's, it's like yeah but you're both so hitting on the issue you're both hitting on the, the reality of this issue. Let, let's let's just speak the 100% truth. I'm, I'm old, so I don't give a shit. It is not profitable to denounce racism. It is not profitable to defend people of color. That is the 100% truth. No. That Guatemalan person that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. he is a person who obviously rocks with us, and right. I love him to death. I won't Same. say his name, mm -hmm. but there are other people right. out there that love us to death and will, will reach out to us and work with us. But you're talking about, and again, it could be whoever you want to say in stream or whatever. It is not profitable for them to risk their brand to speak on an issue like George, George, George Floyd being killed. It's not that they're not going to do that. That's the reality of it. Again, this goes back to what we said at the beginning of, the, of all of this. People of color in the United States of America and really globally are still second class citizens. They are. They're only we are. profitable when they're working and for, for people. Look, look. They love they love our culture. They mm. will profit off off of our culture. But when one of us actually needs them. Crickets, that's the reality. That is just a 100 percent rally. And I guarantee people will watch this and get mad that I say this, but I really don't give a shit because I don't care because I'm like you said before, Pika, you know who you are. I know who I am. I am proud being who I am. And I know the reality of the world. So 
I see the whole streaming culture and the content creation culture. And obviously I'm a part of it. And I, you know, I, I love to create things and, you know, talk to an audience and do all that kind of stuff. It, it's great. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing hobby. But the reality of it is when dollars start getting involved, there's certain things that you might stand for, certain things that you might say that they're not going to mess with you because you're, quote unquote, too toxic because you're talking about Black Lives Matters and, and all this other stuff. So, oh, no, 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 we can't talk about that. Oh, you you thought Amy Cooper was a bad person. So, no, we, we you know, you can't get that sponsorship because that might hurt our brand. That might lower our profit margin. And that's just that's just the truth. And I'm not saying that's everyone because it's not. There are definitely some people out there that. I see them on social media. I see them speaking up for people of color and speaking on these issues. But are the majority of them doing it? No, and, and they I, won't. And I'll double because down. it's about so, money. Uh, go ahead, uh, go ahead, bless. Nope. Go ahead, bless. Oh well, I was gonna say I I agree one hundred percent with what, with what you guys are all saying. I also think there's an there's an added element of fear of the audience. Like there I, there are a lot of deep rooted elements when it comes to when it comes to the gaming audiences and gaming communities, and I think there is the very fucking sad and unfortunate reality that a lot of a lot of people in gaming communities just don't want to hear it right like if 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 bigger streamers started talking about this shit like i i imagine chat would get out of control i imagine people would start leaving i imagine like because there's there so many ignorant uh white viewers that just don't that aren't prepared aren't like ready to hear that kind of truth um which is unfortunate but yeah like i i think it does come down i think at, at the end of the day all this kind of comes down to just fear of what would, of what would happen if you're actually outspoken about these topics i'm gonna i'm gonna add to that because i think that that's a, a really important important part of this whole conversation especially when we're talking about content creators talking about the gaming industry and all that and all that together um one of the things that i've been rallying against for the at least the past couple of years since we really started to kind of push on twitch was the idea around that fear being baked into the platform, right? It's not a thing that is discreetly shared or said to be done on Twitch. There is no part of TOS that says you can't talk about politics. There's no part of the TOS that says you can't talk about real shit, but it is this unsaid unwritten rule. We talked about it with story, story mode Bay last week about these unwritten rules that are baked into people's streams where they feel like they can't have those conversations. So you see, so many big streamers who are one trying to play the apolitical side of the fence two they don't galvanize their, their, their it's easy to galvanize your audience around charity around giveaways around all the fun shit. but i never see even the low-hanging fruit that you could have in a space from a big streamer who is on the front page and who's constantly getting promotion from the platform to do the smallest move where you can get some of that stuff done. The fear is baked into there, but I think a lot of these casters are straight up garbage when it comes to it. They don't want to deal with it. They, they, they don't have the words. They don't have the understanding to be able to have these conversations in a good, comprehensive way. That's not the fault of the audience, although the audience is complicit and the audience Oh yeah. Also constantly is talking about we don't want to hear about this stuff because I just want to watch you play fucking Minecraft uh, dungeons and shit. <laughs> but if you don't have the words to do it, that's why shows like this and other shows that are willing to do that work are so important. It's the reason why yep. having spaces like this 
where we say fuck it for an hour and change and say like yo this is what we got to do because this is what this is all about and at the end of the day like pika said when i turn off my stream i'm as black as fuck anyway yeah i still have to worry about what i have to do i still have to go through my checklist every day do i have my keys do i have my wallet did i tell my wife where i'm going can I take the garbage out late at night because I'm going down a dark alley to go do that? And I don't trust white people to have good conscious uh, uh, reasoning to do what they need to do when they see me walking in the back of an alley. These are all the Com- things that we have to constantly kind of roll through your head to say like, oh, I have to do this. I need to make sure that I'm okay in all these circumstances. Go ahead, bless. Well, piggybacking off of that, right? Like a question that I've been asking myself a lot over the last couple of days with, with all this going on, is what is the balance between having like a lot of big like you look at you look at the big the biggest content creators and it's all it's all white dudes right what is the balance of conversation when it comes to wanting them to to speak up and be vocal about these issues but also not wanting them to dominate the conversation because i don't want white people to dominate this conversation because i like every time i see a tweet from a white person regarding uh these issues right like a lot of times i'm just like i don't like, cool, I'm, gl- I'm glad y'all are with the cause, but at the same time, I don't necessarily want to see mostly white voices talking about this. Like, I care more I care more so about what people of color have to say and what black people have to say about black death. Yeah. How, what, what does that balance look like? I, I, have, a, I have a semi-answer for that, but th- if anybody else wants to jump in first, I would love to hear that first. Anyone I, want to raise I, I, I would simply say, well, like, I'm sorry, I've talked go. enough. Please, please, please uh, go, please. I just wanted to say, like, in general, I feel like that a big thing is just we just got to pick each other up. We just got to support each other in general. Like when I saw, you know, the spot on me post, I was like, all right, everyone who I'm not following right now, I'm following right now. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in it. I want to hear what you guys have to say when moving forward with these things. And, um, and you know, the people that are in chat, like, I hope that you follow all of us. So you get that insight that you, that, that blessings kind of talking about so that, you know, maybe while there are white people that have, uh, the, top of the conversation like a lot of people are you know listening to them you always have like this group of people for example on your feed so you can like look at like okay i see what they're saying but like let's see what people that are actually being affected by this stuff are saying which is more important yeah paris jump in yeah i was just simply gonna say i i understand what what blessing is saying you don't want the the quote unquote big streamer white voices dominating the conversation about people of color right but instead those same people should be using their platform to signal boost the people that should be speaking on said message that's the way i look at it if you have a huge platform go find that voice that is educated on the subject matter that can speak on it better than you can and give them your platform and audience to speak about this stuff so that your audience is educated on it to me that's the the best way to handle this because now you're not speaking out of pocket pocket about things you're ignorant about but you're also leveraging your platform to signal boost the message here's here's the here's the second layer to that part of the conversation i would love for that to happen but we see not even in the conversations around race we see those folks are extremely selective about who they are around right and it's only because it is a clout boost upon clout boost. If I can get my boy, uh, you know, it's the reason why you see everyone 
in the same circles, playing with the same people, doing the same content with the same folks all the time. You are one of the most prominent black voices in gaming right now, Paris. I bet you, if you were to say, hey, Courage JD, hey, whoever else it may be, uh, 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 Nate Shot, hey, let's do some dope content together so that we can have a conversation around this thing. The first thing you're gonna be is like, well, what do your numbers look like? How much influence yep. do you have? How many impressions will you get so that I can jump off of that and we can do some other stuff that a brand would like to get with? Because that's what, because that's what important. That goes for brands too, where we see that all the time, where again, motherfuckers know us. It's not like they don't know who we are at this point. We have been doing work in this industry for at least five to seven years, even more than that with, with, with Paris and me at, at like 10 at this point. There's a lot of people in the space who know a lot of shit, know a lot of people and have good in have good impressions and good knowledge that they could be sharing with the greater audience. As it goes back to that conversation about sharing videos of Black Death, I don't do that for us. I do it for them because they need to see it. So the conversation about where that winds up working is that you have to then either build your own shit, build your own platforms. No one, none of us are going to be building a new Twitch, but or a new YouTube, but when you have your shit, you have to make sure that you bring on other people. You have to make sure you bring on voices that matter. You have to make sure that you bring on those alternate conversations so that when people who are all the wonderful folks who are listening right now in the chat and at home, they can signal boost that shit for you so that then the bigger audiences can deal with that in a real way. I have two questions for y'all at the end of this. Who, who wanted to jump? Cameron, real fast. I just wanted to say really quick, I, I also feel like problematic as to what we're saying is that kind of what we were saying before about um, how people like streamers won't talk about these politics in, you know, in, uh, in their streams and things like that, like signal boosting other people that might bring up that conversation could also end up being problematic for them, which is another like issue for them, even though it's, it's stupid. But I think that that is also a potential thing as to, why we also don't see a whole lot of signal boosting in that sense as well on like white creators to 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 black creators that are that are like really really big does that uh does that make sense i guess to a certain extent but i'll, I'll counter that to a certain, yeah to a certain extent to a certain extent but i'll counter that by saying this before we take a quick break you'd lose absolutely nothing by using your platform to signal boost shit that is reasonable honest invisible it's not like any of this shit is being made up it's not like we're going to bed in the matrix and tapping into some shit and being like oh shit look at that i just got my ass beat by a cop for no fucking reason like no one's doing that right so it's like the idea around why can't i do that work is because you are way more worried about your personal brand and way more worried about having to do the actual work than worried about what happens to the actual people who are watching your streams, who are subbing to your channel, who are the people who are making you the money that you then go get to spend and do all the cool shit that helps you then recirculate that back into your content. That to me is the actual issue is you have to take a step forward and say, yo, this shit is fucked up. It's affecting people who care for me as a content creator and care for my work and are boosting me up in ways that are supporting me financially and giving me the life 
that I now currently have. Um, if you're not willing to do that work, then you gotta, you gotta say that out loud with your chest out and be like, yo, I'm punking out and I'm not going to do that work. I'd much rather that than you try to front through and just be quiet. So we're going to take a, a minute 30 break. Uh, I'm going to let you see something that I found really, really amazing. And then on the flip side, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the conversation about white people policing spaces. And to end out the show, I want to talk about things that are bringing you some sense of joy during all this madness that's happening right now. Um, so take a second. Think about that. Everybody in the chat, massive amounts of love to you for all rocking with us on the Small Me podcast. Again, this is stuff that you don't get anywhere else. So make sure you uh, support the fam. Make sure you give everybody in the chat, everybody, all these wonderful content creators some love. Uh, and we'll be right back after this. What White people won't save you. 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 We are back. This is the Spawn on Me podcast. I'm your host, Kali Fathoms. We are having the blackest podcast of all time. That was time. amazing, by the way. Massive that love. Was amazing. That was Massive incredible. Love. Thank you. That was, was whitepeoplewon'tsaveyou.org. Um, it was, uh, for the folks who are listening at home in on audio, uh, we will definitely figure out a way to figure out how to put that into the show somehow. <laughs> but um, I saw that today and that, that brought me some joy. We're going to talk about that in the on the last part of the, the conversation uh, with our wonderful panel. And then we'll we'll, we'll have our uh, who's invited to the cookout segment uh, after that. But the question that I wanted to ask the group. So we talked about Amy Cooper. Um, we talked, we, we saw the other video that, that came up, uh, this week, um, with, uh, these two black entrepreneurs who were working out in, in this building, they were working out in the, 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 the building gym of this, this place that they owned an office, um, and, uh, were walking out and going in and this white guy walked over and started to question them with the usual, why are you here? Who let you in the building? How did you get into the, into the gym, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mind you, they had an office in there cause they work in that office and they work in that building. The, the, the thing that I want to talk about, um, as a bridge to that conversation is 
we see often, right? We have the conversation around how to keep yourself safe. We have the conversation often about all the things that we as black men, black women, black trans folks, everybody does to safeguard yourself from being uh, uh, attacked by the police, from feeling like you're uh, presenting yourself as a danger to white people in some of those ways. Some of the stuff is, you know, uh, um, internalized in a way where you don't even think about it, but you wind up doing it. But it all comes from a place of white people feeling like they have the ability and they have the right to own space. I'm curious about after seeing that video of Amy talking all this shit, yoking up her dog and doing all this stuff while supposedly that dog I mean, I've never, I've never seen someone who was afraid for their life walk towards the danger. <laughs> like that to me is some shit that I've Except never seen. Except them in horror films. It's literally like, yeah, really cheesy horror films. Yeah. Like that was right. the epitome of the, oh shit, I heard a sound. Let me go over there and look at it. Look right. Exactly. Kind of stuff. And I've never I mean, seen it's that very shit. stereotypically Caucasian. I mean, like look, in a movie. I mean, <laughs> I tell my wife all the time, I was like, I love you, but if you fall, I'm leaving. Um, I'm leaving. Bye. I'm running. I'm, if you trip, I'm running. I'm out. Oh, <laughs> you do that to yourself. <laughs> but, the, but I want to hear from y'all because it's a part of the conversation, right? Where we try to figure out how, to, again, like how do we keep ourselves physically safe? The mental parts are different. Like, I think we, we have found good ways to cope with that. But the physicality of keeping yourself safe when you see people impeding on you because they believe that the space is theirs. What's the conversation sound like in your head when you see things like this, when you when you have these kinds of feelings? I want to I want to kind of go to, to, to zombie first with some of this stuff, because I know you've had this conversation with your child. I know you have this conversation with folks who, who are working in. Oh, you in might not like what I say. I'm going to be really be honest. I'm gonna, I mean, that's it. I take up space. I, I don't shrink myself to be smaller. It's impossible mm. to save yourself from execution from these people. Mm. If you think wearing a bow tie every single fucking day is going to save you from being executed, that's where you fucked up. Mm. You're not going to be safe. You're never not going to be a threat. You're a black man. First of all, you. My son is a black man doesn't matter if you're wearing a hoodie and going to get some fucking skittles it doesn't matter if you're wearing a bow tie it doesn't matter if you're wearing gym clothes you are a threat no matter what you wear and there is this delusion that is amongst our people currently that we can somehow save ourselves from this prosecution or persecution mm. execution it is a lie uh i don't tell my kids to comply and to to make sure they talk very clearly and use proper diction. I don't, I'm not raising my kids to, to live that way. I'm not going to fucking live that way. Mm. I am tattooed. Mm. I'm a 200 plus plus uh, pound five foot eight black woman. I'm never going to not take up space. I don't walk on the other side of the street. When you walk at me, like you're going to push me out of the fucking way because you're white and you think I'm going to move. I'm in Mississippi. I would spend the rest of my life keel towing if I keel tow for the rest of my life. I would spend the rest of my life making myself smaller for other people. And I will not do that. I will not live in fear. I will live with the knowledge that this is what will happen at some point if this altercation comes to be. And there's nothing I did to deserve it. And there's nothing I could have done to prevent it. 
Uh, and I think the reality of that is lost upon our people right now because it doesn't matter how well you talk, doesn't matter you know your education, it doesn't matter anything. Uh, and the delusion that we could tell our kids something else is, it's just, it's setting them up for failure. So I don't teach my kids that. I talk to my kids about how unsafe they are and how to hit, how to have apps on their phone that instantly record to the cloud and, you know, like other things. I teach my kids to call a lawyer and have them on the phone. I teach them the ACLU's phone number. Like I don't teach my kids how to be small. And I think it's, there's power in knowing that, but I will never make myself smaller for white America. I, mm. I, I won't do it. Mm. Anyone else have thoughts yeah, about that? I, I, I 100% agree with Zombie uh, and everything she said. Like, I think for me, right, like it was the realization <laughs> after Trayvon Martin when that, when, when that was uh, the big story that was breaking that like I kind of had to sit down with myself and be like, wait, a hoodie is not like a, that's not a terrifying like outfit. Like a hoodie isn't like a sign of like, I'm a threat or anything. Like I wear hoodies every single day to school. And like Trayvon, of course, happened when I was in high school and, and at a time where I would wear hoodies every single day. And I think that was kind of the point where I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Like I can't, I can't dress up for white people. Like I can't dress up for police. I can't dress up uh, in order to portray myself a certain way in order to try and protect myself. Because as we've seen time and time again from all the stories, right? Like, it doesn't matter what uniform you're wearing. It doesn't matter what how you're dressed. It doesn't matter how you look. Like, it could happen. It could happen to any of us, right? It could happen to anyone. Like, we like any of us can get persecuted, and uh, no matter what we're wearing, and no matter how we present th- themselves. Like the times that I've been, I've been stopped by police, right? Like, I'm a black, I'm a, I'm a dark skinned black dude with like a very kind of like I feel like ambiguous kind of tone, right? Like, I don't necessarily like I. I, I don't, you know, talk using slang all the time. I don't, like, talk a certain way. Like, I have a very, like, neutral presentation when it comes to my voice. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily stop officers from treating me a certain way. Um, and so I think the thing for me is it, that I've kind of kept in mind when it comes to those situations is, is, if anything, not necessarily present myself a certain way, but to, just to be aware. Like, like what Zombie is saying about, like, recording things, uh, for me, like, that's definitely, like, if it comes down to that, like, I'm definitely pulling out my phone. I'm definitely recording a situation. I'm definitely being aware at all times that things can go south. South. I'm, like, paying attention to if, for example, I come in contact with, a, with an officer, if I get stopped for speeding or something, right? Like, I'm at all times trying to be aware of what the situation is, you know, d- d- uh, uh, you know, seeing what things might go down, uh, uh, the way they go, da- they go down, but that doesn't necessarily involve me trying to, to what zombie, what zombie is saying, right? I'm not trying to shriek myself, you know, by any means. I'm not trying to, you know, act a certain way in order to a- 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 appease my feelings because, like, at, at a certain point, it's like, why, what's the point? Like, why does that matter? You know, that's not going to change anything even. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say just through my personal experience, not particularly with the police, but just with like people being like racist towards me um, through growing up in school and stuff like that. I didn't get to the point where I tried to, I made myself feel small, but I just had to like block it out. I just had mm. to stop it, like just not let it get to me both physically or mentally, you know, because when I went to high school, um, most of... not. Not most, but a lot of the population at my school were Latter-day Saints. And, um, you know, and I have plenty of great friends that are, you know, that are Latter-day Saints, but a lot of them were uh, not great. (laughs) And because uh, because I was in a lot of honors classes, I was like the one black dude in my class that was smart. 
you know, like that, that like was in those higher educated classes. So it was open season on me, you know, and like if I didn't get one comment like per class per day, it was it, you know, it, it was surprising, like, you know, oh, wow, I didn't get any sort of BS comment towards me regarding how I'm dressing or or just me literally sitting in my desk doing nothing. So it got to the point where I just had to. And then, like, you know, there were points where I like told my teachers, like, hey, this like these people are being assholes to me. They didn't do anything. You know, they're like, oh, well, like uh, and so I just, you know, you just. In that sense, you know, because I was I was raised um, my, by my parents. They just said to just you know block it out, ignore it, like you know, don't get into fights. I know a, a little uh, different um, than uh, Zom, you know, teaches their kids, which is perfectly fine. Like you know, different environments, different lives, like different times. It's it, it's just how it's just how it is. People have feel that they're the best way to raise your kid, and that's absolutely ju- justified and valid. Um, so for me, it was just got to the point where I just had to block everything out, just ignore them, just stop trying to interact with them because I'm just enabling them to continue to do it. And eventually they just stop, like, you know, they end up stopping or just doing it less often. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then, you know, with police, just normally um, I have, I've only had three recent. I know uh, three sounds like a lot maybe to some, but uh, three recent police interactions um you know some people in the chat like three like like in the past six months yeah probably uh and the first like the first one was just um my friend got pulled over for speeding but it was like at nighttime and then the uh, the cop was walking up to the car and he didn't have his hands on the wheel i was like put your fucking hands on the wheel right now and Mm -hmm. i put my hands on my lap i'm like hello officer how's it going tonight like you know i didn't want any potential thought that we were trying to do anything sketchy and you know there was one time the most recently i found a loaded gun like right on my apartment stoop had no idea but i was just like well i gotta tell the cops that there's a loaded gun here i can't let it sit here three cop cars pulled in and i was immediately just like it's not my gun i didn't do anything with it. i was like i didn't touch it i was like and it just gives you that mentality that you know like we said before that anything can happen when you interact with a cop like anything can happen yeah, I'm, I'm literally going to get the cliff notes. I'm not going to go back to 1925 like I did before. Totally so fine. The, <laughs> the McDonald's thing. So obviously you must have heard about the police, all that stuff. I went to McDonald's. The cop then follows me from McDonald's all the way back to my house to make sure that's where I lived. Right. Ridiculous. I was oh outraged. God. But it was the second story that I was bringing up. And this involved my wife um, because she was pregnant at the time with our youngest daughter. And my wife is is white, by the way. So we went to a movie late one night and as we're coming out of the movie theater um i see a police car and as we're getting in the car i say to her i go he's he's gonna he's gonna follow us i hope you know that right and then she was like she's like that's outrageous no he's not i was like watch sure enough we get in the car he follows us follow 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 all of a sudden the lights click on pulls us over I literally put my hands out so you can they're visible so you can see where they are. I told her, you just do all the talking. I ain't saying nothing unless he asked me a question. He asked to see your ID, the whole thing, the registration, all that kind of stuff. And his excuse was, oh, you guys had a broken taillight. No, we didn't. And it's exactly, you know, like I explained to her living in America, these are the things that we have to go through being African-American, you know, especially me. I'm a big old black dude. Everyone sees me. I'm instantly viewed as a threat. So he saw me in a parking lot with a white woman and wanted to make sure that she was, quote unquote, OK. 
that's all it really was. So, you know, it's it's crazy how much that happened. It's still upsetting. Yeah, like fucking yeah, very. Police asking if somebody's Same okay right in front of you. Same shit happened to my parents. I shit y'all not. In Mississippi, black man, white woman got pulled over by the cops, asked if she was okay, then acted like it was just some phenomenon, I guess, of seeing an interracial couple asking. Right. And like <laughs> thought that they were on drugs. And I it's it, in Bahalia, Mississippi. I shit you not. The same thing happened to it's always and I've can't think of how many times I've been told that I've I've somebody has asked my mom, Are you okay? Are you safe? And it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But before we dip out, because it's slave runaway slave hot in this goddamn room. Oh, <laughs> And v, in the field hot. And VMix just fucking shit the bed and, and died on me halfway through the best stream <laughs> on the goddamn planet. <laughs> fucking technology. Anyway, I, I want to talk really quickly about something positive because I feel like even though we're consistently inundated with all this terrible shit and we have all the stuff that's happening all the time to our communities, around our communities, and all that stuff, have you found any ways to? How are you coping and have you found any ways to, 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 to have joy right now? Are you, are you finding any ways to be able to cope in a, in a reasonable, good way? Like we, again, we all play video games. So that's one thing that we all have in common, but I would, <laughs> because like I'm drinking, I'm drinking, uh, but I would love to wine. hear lots and lots if of you wine. have anything that you right now is bringing you any joy, anything that's giving you any solace, anything that's giving you any comfort. Um, anyone can jump in so, on that one. Talking to you guys. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Safe spaces, man. Thank God for safe spaces. Yeah. 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 I, I think all. the thing for me, like when it comes to like the coping thing, I think uh, when it comes to the situations, you know, like the Amy Cooper, Cooper situation or uh, the George Floyd situation, I think for me, like managing my social media usage, managing how much I intake stuff. I know there's like a, delicate balance because you you don't want to you don't want to forget what's happening you don't want to ignore what's happening but at the same time you do like as black people that are kind of forced to be in the situation of looking around and seeing people that, that look like you kind of um uh fall and die you know in ways that that don't need to happen in ways that are um tragic like you know it's one of those things where i i think for me as somebody who's on social media all the time i kind of have to manage and make sure that i'm not you know becoming depressed without even realizing realizing it yep. um seeing the stuff happen over and over and over again and so like for me it's it the, co the coping side of it is like managing my my social media usage but yeah like it is, as far as the things that are bringing me joy like i know you said like we're all we're all uh you know video game people here right like i've been playing a lot of apex legends is that and that's been helping quite a bit and playing a lot mm -hmm. of overwatch that's been helping quite a bit right yep. like being able to play games animal with crossing because, you, you play oh animal yes. crossing i thought you were gonna you play apex those, i'm, I'm those. fine what do you play on? I am an Animal Crossing person. I'm just going to tell you the fucking truth. I am what sitting do I on play an Apex island. On? Yeah, what do you Love play it. Apex on? PC and PS4. I just Same. started on PC. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to get like, we're getting, uh, groups going. Play some yeah, Apex. Some Apex. Dude. Yeah. Apex season Let's five take our rage out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Zombie, you play Overwatch? <laughs> Yes, I'm a, I'm a, I am Ooh, okay. a I diva. I'm, I'm a diva and I'm a Moira main. Oh, let's go. That's exactly we what just gotta make the link and like just change average forty nine name. Oh, shit, let's go. Yeah, we should let's definitely plan like a name. Okay. That'd be really fun. Just go, go ahead. That'd be really cool. 
Any, feels, anybody? But else? yeah, like go ahead. I'll say yeah, like doing that with uh, and 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 hanging out with people. Like that's like the thing. Like using that as as a as a way to to chill and and, and talk to people uh, and socialize has been a thing that's really been helping. Yeah. Any anybody else have anything that's bringing them joy and helping them kind of get through um, this? Yeah, uh, I was gonna say that. I'm sorry, you wanted to. No, no, please, please. You sure? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually literally gonna say like Apex, um, Animal Crossing. Um, I literally last night. Um was playing one of my favorite games of all time sonic adventure 2 and chow garden always gives me right the best sonic game ever period uh yeah all the sonic haters get out it ain't no sonic i love that is literally i'm 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 showing my age here but i'm more of a 3d sonic game person than a 2d one so anyways um but (laughs) but um yeah just gaming and i'm i'm gonna be honest with you i've been very lucky because i'm i'm just gonna be blunt um i almost exclusively follow nothing on twitch i follow pretty much nothing but black and brown content creators Mm. i have you know i've got a whole bunch of folks in bgg you know the cookout like places like that and or other you know like black and brown folks like um you know uh one of my friends she's a desi woman like you know i i pretty much that is good in itself for my mental health because i know that nobody i follow is gonna be on some bullshit Mm. which is it's, it's just it's good to know you know what i mean um and like i said wine i'm totally serious about that wine is wine is great um also just i think the biggest thing is is it's it's hard like i said earlier knowing it's like you you seeing all this shit it's but you can't stop looking i do have to tell myself to I think it is healthy at sometimes to disconnect, even if it's just for an hour or two, because mm-hmm. it's just like overload. You know what I mean? It can be just a lot of stuff to process and want knowing when to disconnect. And obviously self-care looks different for everybody. I'm really big on self-care and stuff. Um, I even today I, on my lunch break, I slept. I took a nap because I had a pounding headache and I felt tremendously better, you know, uh, whoever's on a diet or watching what they eat have your cheat day have you some nice food like you know treat yourself because this stuff is really really hard and just knowing like i've had people reach out to me i've had you know whether it's i've had black folk and non-black folk reach out to me and it both means extremely it, it means a lot it really does mean a lot and i think just having cultivating your space having the right people in your corner to either talk about this stuff with having a safe space to talk about this stuff like-minded people to talk about this stuff with and just knowing that there's people that kind of have your back and you know love you and care about you and know your pain know your anger that in itself to me is 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 comforting and i think that's honestly the biggest even outside of games wine all jokes aside things like that that's really the 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 biggest part of this because i literally sat there and said you know i don't think i'm in the right headspace to stream i saw a cause tweet i said bet tag me and coach and i now i'm good you know what i mean i'm not good but you know what i'm saying like now i'm like okay i'm actually gonna stream tonight because i feel i'm still not in the best headspace don't get me wrong but i feel like i can do it now and Mm. this actually really helped me and just 
And I think, honestly, I think it helped a lot of people even in chat because I've noticed a lot of folks saying thank you. And, you know, I, I just think that these sorts of spaces and I think that's honestly the biggest thing. That's the thing that holds the most weight for me, at least. Word, word. Cam or Paris? Want to jump in? Yeah. Um, well, Paris was going to speak next. So no, Paris, no, go please, ahead. No, please. I, okay. I have to talk to um, No, everything he says is great. Um, so, yeah, for me, just games, you know, right now I'm playing through primarily Persona 5 Royal. I'm a big JRPG guy. For those in the chat that don't know much about me, I love JRPGs. Uh, I also have been streaming uh, through the Paper Mario series because I've always wanted to get into that uh, that franchise. And I know that the new one comes out in July. And I was like, this is a great excuse to play through all of them and just might as well stream them. So, um, you know, me and Khalif play uh, Warzone and Apex uh, all the time. Uh, and that's a good time too. outside of that just like knowing when you need to take a break from social media like i'm on my phone more than i want to be uh to be honest like when it comes to twitter uh and today like even though it was for good like so many people uh donating towards the minnesota freedom fund i was just like this is really cool but it's also just making me think about everything that's happened and it's stressing me the fuck out so i decided like i'm just gonna uh, once I done, I'm done writing for the day, I'm going to just lay in bed and take a nap and just try and turn my brain off for a few hours. And uh, yeah, so so just know when you know when you need to st- take a step back uh, and just take a break, you know, like life will be back when you come when you return. You don't you know, don't worry about anything else but yourself when you need those breaks. Yeah. Paris. Um. It's, it's been a few different things. I, I, I'll just say just the, the pandemic overall, I, I kind of hit a, hit a mental wall about mm. a couple of weeks ago where every day seemed like the damn same. Right. And it was just like I, I, I need a break. Like gaming was not feeling fun to me at all. So I kind of went back to my comfort game, which is The Witcher 3. And I've been playing that the past few weeks, just immersing myself in the world. And obviously, you know, I'm crazy for cyberpunk when that comes out but uh beyond that like this talk right now has been great it's been very cathartic because i feel like i'm 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 letting out all these thoughts that i've had in my head and i'm just letting it out into the ether into the world you know for someone besides my freaking wife to finally hear right (laughs) yeah Um, good but I, I honestly i'll say the third thing and i i think he might still be watching but um shout out to danny shout out to godfrey yeah the comrade, we talk every day and Khalif, I, I even put you into this too. You've, you've definitely been a, a great sounding board the past few weeks, but, but specifically Danny, um, the bat shit, insane conspiracy theories he throws at me for gaming that we have <laughs> offline, not even on the podcast <laughs> brings so much joy to me because I laugh consoles. and yeah, you know, and, and it's, it, it's, it's great, but that's, that's how we're helping each other cope is we have these conversations. I, I see how he's doing in New York. He sees how I'm doing out here in the family. We talk about gaming stuff and life and, and everything. And, it, and it's nice to know that, you know, there's people out there that, you know, care about you and are concerned about you that check in on you, stuff like that. Like, I think you would even ping me the other day. Just, just, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, everything good. You know, we was going back and forth, but that that's what's bringing me joy right now. And, and I would definitely say with the social media, I, I, I might kind of tweet a lot. I think I, I talk at Twitter and don't respond to Twitter because man, if you try and engage on, on that social media stuff too much right now, it's, it's not good for your health. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. It's definitely not. There's madness so, out here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead, bless. 
No, I, I didn't have anything. I was just agreeing. Oh, okay. what about you, Khalif? How are you doing? Uh, something that is bringing me joy, of course, video games. That's one of the things I love. Uh, my wife has been holding me the fuck down, uh, for sure. Um, it is, it is, uh, it is interesting to have a, a white lady who gets it in my life because there are a lot of white people who don't. Um, shout out to so, my mom. Yeah, I'm so it's like it's one of those. Yeah, shout out to my mom too. Man. Shout out to my wife. I think she gets it too much sometimes. To be honest. Yeah, with you. yeah, yeah. So, but it's nice to be able to um, have a partner who, who although yeah. does not go through it, understands and can relay that back to people. She's doing the work of relaying and signal boosting the conversation to the people that need to hear it, which I think is the most important part of that of that equation. Because I'm tired of doing the work to make white people understand simple shit. The other thing that brings me a lot of joy is John Boyega. <laughs> oh, man. I love Boyega. Boyega. He's my spirit. Like a continuous cycle. Although I don't live in the States, but I'm black. Fuck that. I gotta so I'll say it again. Fuck uh, you racist white people. That's Everything hits harder in that UK said. accent. Mm. Yo. I know. <laughs> different. People. It's not about Korea. Oh. It's not about money. It's not about career. Because a lot of people like, like to bring that up. Oh, career, um, 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 money, all these things. Those, all, all those things were just a part of my dream, just a part of working. That's got nothing to do with how you treat people. It's a madness. So when I say it, I mean it. And, I, and you, you lot can't rattle me. That's another thing. You can't rattle me. I'm not the guy to be rattled. I wasn't raised by no Cut. weak people. You understand? I ain't a guy Tell to be them. rattled. So first of all, Bro. you're going to respect black people online. I make sure if you come in and all my pictures or videos and you saying anything about no black people, you saying any racist shit, that's straight up block. It's fine. It's ready. Don't need you on my page. And if you're a fan of me and you support my work and you're racist and you're arguing with what I was saying, fuck off. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah? Well, you know what's serious? Like when you don't pronounce that, the T's, that's when that's when it's yo. a situation. When you when you say that rat, brought me joy. Bro, I want you to know that, that was something that brought me joy. That brought me infinite that joy. Something. That brought me that brought me joy in something else. Because I mean, there is something about seeing a black man. First of all, I've I've always loved John Boyega, but there is something about like I always thought he was a handsome guy. But there's something about that and seeing a black man who is just who is on that sort of shit and is not like and you know is just is is where he needs to be where it, when it comes to that sort of shit i was sitting over here like and then add the accent in too and not trying to like fetishize it or anything but you know american accents be kind of trash and i don't mind it so i should be like Whew, i was sitting over here like fanning myself like okay well <laughs> that brought me a lot of a lot of things Amen. from that because for me whew, it was lord for me, it was this morning saying he had a tweet. Or was it last night? I guess it was yesterday, but I saw it last night. He tweeted, uh, he tweeted uh, please, I'm, I'm Yoruba. Uh, all your chit chatter on this here app won't cut into, into this soul. Yes. Thunder fire you. Right. And for me, as for me, as, an, as for me, as a Yoruba Nigerian, right, like reading that was actually the thing that kind of brought a fire into me this morning where I was like, you know what, John Boya, you're fucking right, man. Like, I am Yoruba. Like, <laughs> thunder fire you, man. Like, you know, all, like, there's something special about that man. Like he 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 there's he's doing God's work and like it's awesome to see him doing what he's doing. Something powerful about seeing our people say "fuck you." Like I'm not gonna be sad. I'm not gonna let you try to take my power. 
I'm not going to let you make me live in fear, but fuck you. My husband's black. I'm black. My kids are black. My mom's a racist ass white lady. Fucking trash. Love her to death. She's my mom, but she's trash. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. She uses the N word with impunity. A lot of a lot of biracial kids deal with this where their parents are racist as hell. My mom is racist. She married a guy named Hank. He drives a truck. He's in the Mississippi militia. Need I say more? Do I need to say more? I don't nope. think I do. Oh God. Either, I have a black partner, you know. And hearing my husband come in and be pissed. You know, he works in black tech. He he he's a black tech guy. That's like his life. Hearing him come downstairs and be like, man, fuck these people. <laughs> fuck these people that say this. If anybody in my work says this shit, I'm quitting this, I'm quitting this job. I don't give a fuck. And I'm mm-hmm. like, let's we should have another kid. I don't have a hysterectomy, but we can I don't I don't know. We'll figure it out. Make we'll figure happen. this shit out. Right, right. <laughs> conception. I'm just telling you, there's something about not letting these people take your power. And I think at the end of this. If there's anything that's gonna bring me joy through all this shit, because we're 2020 is fucking rough, bro. I'm, yeah. I I feel like yeah. I've a lot. I want to see us take take this and become empowered, and not in a way. It doesn't have to be the loudest of ways. It doesn't have to be the most revolutionary of ways. But let's stop living in fear. Let's stop uh, allowing these people to have this much power over us. Let's keep these spaces for us. Let's start fucking working towards more for us. Uh, there was a point where we wanted separate but equal, but we thought we could force our way in, right? We forced our way in. We got in here, and then we'll never be on their level, ever. They won't let us. So we have to start making our own spaces, our own safe spaces. Black Girl Gamers does stuff like that. Uh, the cookout I've heard about, I haven't directly interacted with it, uh, but... Black Girl Gamers, I know they do this. Then there's like Black Girl Code. I've been finding all these groups that I didn't know were around. And I've been like mm-hmm. finding these awesome places. And we need these uh, because these are places that empower and lift us up. And they light the fires that allow us to continue being fueled from within. Today, this refueled my cup when it was close to empty you know y'all cheers for that every single one of you refueled my cup every person in this chat is filling up our cups you know what i'm saying you know cheers to that keep filling up your cups and don't let them drain you fucking dry word i think with that um that is a perfect way to uh, almost end the show i have one more thought before we get up out of here but i want to give the stage to our wonderful amazingly dope panel that rocked with us today. I want to go around the loop and let everybody share uh, their socials, where you can find their work um, and where you can check out most of their stuff. Zombie, I'm going to start with you. I'm Zombie Kills across the board. I was on Mixer. It's really quiet there. It's like a dinner party. So I'm, <laughs> I'm over. I'm over on Twitch trying to find more brown people to vibe with. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm over here on Twitch. I just predominantly do GTA RP. I play a lawyer, a criminal defense attorney. Oh, that's great. Uh, so that is also cathartic for me, but you can find me everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, Mixer, I'm Zombie Kills. I'd love to have you. I might say some shit y'all won't like, and I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to keep it real every day. (laughs) That's fantastic. Paris, where can they find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vicious696, probably rambling about something cyberpunk related or something, because that's all that's going on in my life right now. But uh, <laughs> um, also part of Gamertag Radio, and uh, we actually we're, we're partnered on Twitch. So you can find us here on Twitch, uh, Gamertag Radio. And then I have my own personal YouTube channel where I'm starting to create content over there as well. Um, you can just search my name, Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S, and you'll, you'll find me on YouTube. Bless. What do you got for me? Uh, I'm on social media at Blessing Junior. It's at Blessing Jr. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I also host Kind of Funny Games daily, uh, quite, quite a few days out the week. That's youtube.com slash kind of funny games. You want to check that out. Uh, and I'm also a co host on PS I Love You XOXO, which is a PlayStation podcast, if you want to listen to that. And that's available on podcast services around the globe and also on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Pika, tell the folks where they can find you. Um, so I'm pretty much Pikachu Lita on all platforms, Twitch, Twitter, um, even Instagram, uh, Twitter, I'm pretty much, you know, social issues, uh, funny stuff, um, cute stuff, gaming related stuff. Um, I am a variety and, um, I may, excuse me, I am a diversity and charity focused variety streamer. Um, we talk about everything over on my channel from shit like this um self-care sex um sex education things like that um super inclusive uh community of almost eight thousand people over there um you know very big on lgbtqia rights i am a bi slash pan um, black woman myself um you know uplifting uh queer folks trans folks black and brown folks etc cetera, etc cetera. we do have conversations surrounding that sort of stuff and i pretty much play anything that's not sports games call of duty you'll see me playing uh some farming game one minute and then you know running shit in apex the next just kidding i'm average sometimes i'm good um but i'm pretty much just like all over the place um but at pretty much on any platforms you find me on i'm very vocal about this sort of stuff this sort of stuff is a regular topic but yeah it is uh just pikachu Lita. oh and shout, i do want to shout out real quick two um organizations that i'm a part of bgg black girl gamers and the cookout both wonderful um wonderful uh organizations who are out here doing the work creating safe genuinely safe spaces for uh black folks and also brown girl gamer code because even though i'm not a part of brown girl gamer code uh as you follow them on their socials and they're also out here doing some great work Word. we hope and we definitely hope to get cookout folks and and uh black girl gamers on the show again uh, to rock with us sometime hopefully this year that would be fantastic because we haven't had a chance to talk to them in a minute cam you ended out before I, I get my last two second rant in yeah um you can follow me on twitter at the cinephile guy uh i also stream twitch.tv slash the cinephile guy and i write for dualshockers.com we have a great diverse group of passionate writers over there so please uh give them a uh a check out as well um yeah that's all i got to say before we get up out of here, um, I'm thinking about things that I'm trying to figure out to cope with all the madness that we see in the world today. Um, I had a, a really good friend of mine in the industry poke at me one day and was like, yo, you know, he saw all the things that were going on. He was a white dude and he was a person I consider family and an ally. Um, and he asked me, how was I, how was I doing? How was I coping with all this stuff? And I said, I said, yo, fam, the solace the only solace that I really have in times like this and living in a world full with white supremacy 
is knowing in my heart that none of this is my fault and none of this is our fault. We've never been in power in this country. We've never owned the ability or had the ability to run government in the way that we should and, 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 and probably could. The ideas around scary blackness have always been embedded within this country. And it's been a thing that is the biggest lie ever told. Racism is the biggest lie ever told. So the solace I find in knowing that I'm not losing my mind and that most of the things sadly are out of our control, but we are constantly blamed for all the ills that happen in this country. Let's me go to bed at night. Okay. So if you're watching this and you're checking out the show, it is not your fault. It is not our fault. We had nothing to do with this. It's not, it's not up to us to fix it. And we have to lean on each other to figure out ways to get through this. So with that, I will leave you with massive amounts of love. Again, this is stuff that you only get here on Spawn on Me. Um, and I hope that you all have a wonderful night, a safe night, and that you take care of each other and take care of yourself. Much love to you all. Have a good night. Peace.